they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples and a large crowd were then leaving Jericho. Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he only cried out even more. Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard it, he stood still and he said, bring him here. So they said to the blind man, take heart, get up. He's calling for you. Throwing off his cloak, then Bartimaeus sprang up and came to Jesus. Jesus said to him, what is it you want me to do for you? He said, my teacher, let me see again. Jesus said to him, go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and he began to follow Jesus on the way. The gospel of the Lord. I found myself thinking about this miracle and Bartimaeus in a different way than I ever have before this time around. And I want to start by wondering with you what I wondered this week for the first time, something pretty simple, actually. What if there wasn't anything wrong with Bartimaeus in the first place? Think about that for a minute. What if there wasn't anything wrong with Bartimaeus? Yes, he's blind. Sure, he wanted to see again. Yes, Jesus gives him what he asks for. But what if it doesn't have nearly as much to do with what Bartimaeus needed as with what everyone else who was there to witness this miracle back in the day needed to see in that moment? And you and I too, of course, in the end. What I mean is, And some of you have heard me talk about this in the context of other healing stories from Scripture. The first century worldview, the limited scientific understanding, the lack of medical wisdom of the day led people to view anyone with physical difference or illness or so-called disability to be sinful in some way, broken somehow under judgment even by the God they supposedly offended in some way. And they find all kinds of reasons to decide how and who had offended God, right? And as silly as that seems to us now, to assume, I mean, that a person who is blind or a person who is deaf or a person who is sick is being judged and punished by their lack of a sense or by some kind of illness, as silly as that sounds to us now, I wonder if we don't still manage to approach this story with that same mentality when we presume that there's something wrong with Bartimaeus, or at least that he's lacking something, that he's less than somehow because he can't see with his eyes. We able-bodied people, you and I with typical abilities and intact faculties and all of our modern-day wisdom and scientific understanding and medical insight, still might be failing to really see the point of this miracle and the challenge it poses for us through this story. You and I, 
so wrapped up in and blind to our own privilege as part of the majority, people who can see with our eyes in this case anyway, make all kinds of assumptions about Bartimaeus's desire to regain his sight. We make some pretty self-centered presumptions about the source of his longing. Like that his life is less than. That he's missing out on so much that we enjoy. What a pity. How sad. What a shame it is not to be able to see. What a shame it is not to be able to see. Do you notice how close that sentiment that notion is to the ancient worldview and limited understanding that connects sin with shame and then to differing abilities, so-called disabilities and even illness. What a shame. Really? And there's a word for this now in the 21st century. It's called ableism. And it's the discrimination of and the prejudice against people with different abilities based on the belief that typical majority-type abilities are better. Superior. Ableism implies that people with differing abilities, I'm trying really hard not to say disability, that they require fixing or healing. And it often defines people and limits their status and potential. As a result, in other words, they are less than, inferior, other, unless or until they find a way to be more like the rest of us, and praise be to Jesus when that happens, right? But again, what if there's nothing wrong with Bartimaeus in the first place just because he can't see? I ask this with the writing of Helen Keller in mind. Helen Keller, who most of us know, lost her hearing and her sight when she was just 19 months old, but eventually learned to read and to write and to speak even thanks to the patient, faithful, wise instruction and teaching of her friend, Annie Sullivan. Anyway, I dug up a piece that Helen Keller wrote in 1933 for the Atlantic, where she mused about how much we seeing people do not see, how much we do not understand, how much we don't appreciate the world around us. She wrote this. Recently, I was visited by a very good friend who had just returned from a long walk in the woods, and I asked her what she'd observed. Nothing in particular, she replied. I might have been incredulous had I not been accustomed to such responses, for long ago I became convinced that the seeing see little. She said, how is it possible, I asked myself, to walk for an hour through the woods and see nothing worthy of note? I, who cannot see, find hundreds of things to interest me through mere touch. I feel the delicate symmetry of a leaf. I pass my hands lovingly about the smooth skin of a silver birch or the rough, shaggy bark of a pine. In spring, I touch the branches of trees, hopefully in search of a bud, the first sign of awakening nature after her winter's sleep. I feel the delightful, velvety texture of a flower and discover its remarkable convolutions, and something of the miracle of nature is revealed to me. 
Occasionally, if I'm fortunate, I place my hand gently on a small tree and feel the happy quiver of a bird in full song. I'm delighted to have the cool waters of a brook rush through my open fingers. To me, a lush carpet of pine needles or spongy grass is more welcome than the most luxurious Persian rug. To me, the pageant of seasons is a thrilling and unending drama, the action of which streams through my fingertips. What if Bartimaeus was like Helen Keller in this way? See, blind Bartimaeus already saw and already knew. He already perceived and already understood things that the world around him was blind to. It matters that he so loudly and so clearly and so defiantly cried out to Jesus by name and called him Son of David. This is the first and only time in all of Mark's gospel that anyone identifies Jesus by this title. A title that carries with it so much weight and so much history and so much power and so much faithfulness. Bartimaeus identifies Jesus as the promised Messiah, as the Son of God, as the Savior of the world, and more. Even without his eyes, Bartimaeus could see and know, could understand and appreciate just exactly who Jesus was. In other words, there was absolutely nothing wrong with Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus isn't the one who needed to see differently. It was everybody else who was blind to what mattered, to who Jesus was, who couldn't see what God was up to in and for the sake of the world. So I can't help but wonder if Bartimaeus didn't want to see again, not because he missed his vision, but because he was treated so differently for what he lacked by the world's estimation. He was relegated to begging by the roadside, remember, very likely right alongside the other outcasts of his day, the widows, the people who were crippled, the people who were deaf or sick with leprosy or mentally ill, whatever, and who wouldn't want to be liberated from that kind of exclusion. Who wouldn't want to be freed from that sort of discrimination, from that measure of unmitigated, unmerited, unbearable Shame. So I imagine Bartimaeus' plea to Jesus, my teacher, let me see again, was as much or more about being freed from his oppression, liberated from his otherness, plucked out of his poverty as it was about simply physically seeing. I suspect what was more powerful and appealing to Bartimaeus than being able to lay eyes upon the ugliness of the knuckleheads who treated him so poorly was the prospect of being seen himself as a whole and worthy, valuable and loved and lovable child of God. There was nothing wrong with Bartimaeus. He was just different. A minority in a culture that refused to see, 
refuse to accommodate, refuse to make room for, refuse to love him, not in spite of his differences, but precisely because of them, which is what Jesus did. All of which is to suggest that this story isn't just a story of hope for blind people, but a challenge for those who were silencing Bartimaeus that day when he got loud and shouted after Jesus for some help? What if it's more for the disciples who were just fine following after Jesus on their way out of Jericho and onto the next town, but not paying one lick of attention to the likes of Bartimaeus and his sidekicks along the way? What if it's for those who deemed Bartimaeus and the other blind guys, lepers, widows, and lame ones, outcasts or outsiders or worse? What if the ones who really need the miracle, who need to learn to see again and differently with the loving eyes of faith, are you and me? What if we're called to marvel, not that Bartimaeus became more like us, That seems kind of arrogant, privileged, simple, really. So what if we were to wonder more humbly how we might become more like Bartimaeus? What if we are called to marvel at the miracle of what he could see all along, even without his sight, and which we miss so much of the time in spite of our own? That you don't need eyes to recognize love. That you don't need sight to see God. That even when we have eyes and vision, we can miss what's right in front of us. Even when we see, we don't always pay attention. Even when we look, we miss what matters most a lot of the time. What if we looked to, what if we listened for, what all the others and all the outcasts in our world were searching for. The brown, the black, the blind, the poor, the imprisoned, the unpopular, the lost. And what if we wondered why? And what if we helped them find it? I think we might find ourselves along the way behind the likes of Bartimaeus, and always following Jesus. Amen.